What's happening? Um, apparently we're doing a podcast, so I'm just here for that, and it should be good. <laughs> I just installed this read AI thing. It's it's um. So I think it just I think it just summarizes the whole meeting, and then it gives you like feedback and shit like that. Yeah, it looked awesome. I had a quick look at the um. The, it's so crazy how fast people are spinning these things up. That's There's insane. like seems to be one new product a day for whatever you can think of. So it's cool. Yeah, this looks like a pretty legit one. Mm, it does. Um. So do you want to two oh seven? So Jared's like almost here, but he has to leave at three, doesn't he? Or you have to leave at three. Someone has to leave at three. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't have to leave at three. Um. So do you want to do you want to start when he gets on, or do you want to just start now and then just when he comes on, he comes on? Man, I think we've already started. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you want to start with some intros? So what? how, how do we know each other and, and why are we doing this? Well, I met you when I was, uh, funnily enough, trying to do some solo entrepreneurship out of the Morrison Media offices uh, back in, what was that? Probably about 2013 or 2014, I think it was, around that time. Was this before um, we opened the brewery? Yeah, it was like... I remember walking past the brewery on our way to get a coffee and there was just a sign on the wall and there was just some rumors about there was going to be a brewery opening up next door to our offices. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go in and check this out. And I think I stuck my head in there before the uh, tap room was even finished. And um, you were in there with Eddie, I think. And yeah, just said g'day. So that was, that was, that was the start of that. And yeah, it quickly became the, the local watering hole. Having a, having a brewery next door to your work is, a blessing and a curse, I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So what were you doing back then? I was uh, at the helm of Riptide magazine um, at that time. So I just bought it from Morrison Media, um, who uh, Morrison Media was sold by Peter Morrison to a uh, large publishing company down in Sydney. Um, and I, as part of that sale, they sold a few of the other titles, um, the smaller ones uh, off. Um, and I I purchased Riptide, which was the bodyboarding magazine um, that I had been working on as graphic designer for the past uh, four or five years previously. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I was publishing that um, solo uh, with an editor, and we were we were working out of the um, the offices downstairs there, um, in the old Morrison Media building in uh, in Burley Heads. So yeah. Nice. And then and what's fast forward to now? What's happened in between then and now? <laughs> uh, well. Um, so digital media obviously came along and smashed every single print publication there was, uh, out of existence. Um, so that was, uh, just a, a, a heck of a time to, I guess, be involved in the, the media industry, um, sort of in that little period. And then, uh, I tried to keep sort of tight afloat for a couple of years. Um, just, uh, yeah, not successfully. Um, like just the brand so or, the, or the magazine or? We... We had to stop printing the magazine. It was just not profitable um, at, at you know at a certain point. Um, and then we tried to keep it alive, the brand alive, um, just on digital media, um, you know, through the website, socials uh, for a while. But it was just, yeah, at that point, the the scale of the business had changed, and and we had to kind of had to put things on hold. And and then luckily enough, um, you know, we we'd had we we kept it we maintained the the brand and the fan base enough um so a couple of our younger guys who were you know just starting out um 
they they wanted to to pick it up and, and run with it. So we we made a sale happen um, a couple of years ago, probably well, probably three or four years ago now. And yeah, it's uh, so it's moved on. The brand's moved on, but it's in uh, younger hands and you know with <laughs> hands with a lot more time than I've got right now. So it's good. Yeah. And what um, are you doing and, other than that? Yeah, yeah. So um, so then I went back to freelance um, designing. Uh, I started. Uh, what else did I do in the meantime? I started a drone company in about 2016, uh, which was kind of exciting. Um, doing racing drones uh, with a, with a couple of crew from Australia, and that's right. Um, I remember that? Yeah, that was cool. That was such a. It was that was wild. Um, that time. So I'm sure that's another whole episode in itself. Um, mm. But yeah, that was that was. I did that for about three years. Um, so were you working full time on that? I not not full time. Um, it was, I've never really, like the only full-time job that I've had, I've had two full-time jobs. Um, one was working with Morrison Media uh, and one was working for the agency that I ended up creative director at, uh, which yeah. was Make um, in about 2019. So, um, but in between then, it's, you know, this idea of just starting products and building businesses and, and just trying to do stuff yourself, which I've always done. So um, I started a, I, I, I started a drumstick company, which was called Heavyside Drumsticks, which um, I got some samples made and sent, and then it was literally uh, what happened. There was like COVID happened. Like I, I got the samples sent to me in like November of 2019. 19, yeah. Yeah, and I was ready to go. I had the website there. I had all of my marketing. Like I had like the – I was about to place the order for like five grand worth of drumsticks. And literally there was like the announcement of like, oh, there's this COVID thing. And <laughs> it was like probably I've, I've talked about time. I talk about timing and like timing is a good thing and a bad thing. And that was just holy hell. Like if I had placed that order, I would have waved that money goodbye. Really? Fast. Just because everything just shut down. That would have been it. There's no live music. No one was playing. Well, was that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, so okay. when no one's playing, they don't need drumsticks because right. they don't break them. So yeah, okay, um, that's true. So yeah. So anyway, I still want to do that because I had some really cool ideas for some drumstick designs. Um, have you have you thought of going back to that? Just as a fun thing. I always think of going back to everything, um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, I'll I'll do that one day because um, I think like that that for me is just uh like a little fun project that you know you could like and and all I wanted to do with it was have a little one of these racks, just have some sticks up there. Um, and a little online site where you could order them. But the 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 difference about what I was going to do with the sticks was I was going to get artists to do all of the artwork for like the boxes and like custom art on the sticks. And um, so it was like a collaboration between the artists in music and the musicians themselves. So there might be like a drummer um, and they might like work with an artist to do like a signature series range of sticks, but you could pull the... Um, the the there's like drumsticks come. I don't have a pair here with me, but you've only like got three a, drum kits there, no drumsticks. No, I don't have any fresh like packs, but like they come with like a little box that they come wrapped in, and you can like open the box up, and it becomes like a little poster. And so I had all of these ideas to do like cool stuff like that, and um, yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely do it again one day because uh, you know. 
there's such a crossover in in the music industry between like cover art has always played a big role in things and so yeah 100 percent. they've become and, like collector's items yeah and and that was it and there was no like no no one's doing anything like that that i could that i found in the in the drumstick space everything's owned by like two three companies which is like vic firth and uh zildjian and they yeah. pretty much make like fader i think are the other big company and they make they cover 80 90 of the market and it's just it's like they're great sticks but yeah anyway yeah nice jared that there you are we've made it there's four people in this meeting read.ai yeah well you you can explain that one because that was your idea <laughs> <laughs> well i mean this is like beta test mode but it looks pretty awesome it looks really awesome can you, so when I've set this zoom up, can you see everything that I can see or? Can, what do you mean? Well, like. I can't see that little read. Oh, hang on. If I click on apps. Have, you've used this thing before, right? Lit, yesterday I installed it and ran a test with myself. It didn't, it didn't really show me what it did, but I mean, it does a real transcript. It does all the summaries. It does video highlights. Oh, does the it? Zoom call. Yeah, so you can go back through it and see the snippets of things that were said that have high sentiment and high engagement with the people that are in the room. So it's going to be interesting to see what it thinks of this. Yeah, what it thinks of your SMS Santa idea. Which we'll, <laughs> we'll <get to. laughs> yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. Um, oh, that's cool. All right. Well, so I, I just thought we're going to just go through intros. Dave has um, given us an idea of his background. You were getting a haircut or something. I don't know what that photo was, but well, I got a deluxe beard trim. It's yeah. like, it's yeah, it has to be done when you got no hair on top. Um, but yeah, what am I doing? An intro? No, no. You, well, not yet. We'll finish Dave's and then oh, um, right, and then we'll get to you. So where do we get to, Dave? You're so in between all those uh, ideas. It, you were freelancing, and I think and we started yep. working together at one point. Yep. So yeah, I, I was doing some work for for Damien uh, and Rick at Make as well, uh, contracting some design work to them. Um, they Make is a brand uh, brand activation agency um, based on the Gold Coast. So I was working for them, um, and then I was doing yeah other bits and pieces of design stuff, working you know doing beer can labels and the best you know, the best design beer can labels that have ever been done. Hey, they still stack up today. I've got sure them. Do. Got them here somewhere. They're in a box out there. Actually, two years and, um, in the top top ten Gabs Can Design Awards. Yeah, so we were we were up there, which was which was great. It was good fun. That that's that was uh, thirty or forty cans, I think, in a, in a year. So it was almost one can a week, which was uh, pretty good going. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, and what are you working on these days? Just before we get to Jared. Uh, so right at the moment, um, uh, what have I got going on? Um. I'm doing a little bit of contract work to a couple of other startups, just some design and branding stuff. Um, I'm still freelancing. Uh, I've got a, stadia, a startup called Stadius, which I've had been working on in the in the blockchain space and the NFT loyalty and rewards. Uh, so that's been put on the back burner as the market decided to burn itself down uh, at the end of last or the start of this year. So made it pretty hard. Um, and other than that, just uh, DJing. A little bit so doing some work for on-chain monkey which uh, i'm sure we'll get into in a bit and um got a little startup called flex tag which is in the web3 space but um yeah based uh based out of the us so lots of split spinning plates as usual but um happy to be here 
Nice. And um, you've never, so we've had this three-way chat going since, I don't actually really know when, but maybe like 2018, 19 maybe, but you've never met Jared, right? You guys have never talked to each other? Uh, I think we spoke on the phone once maybe, but this is the yeah, first maybe. time we've done a Zoomy. So yeah. Nice so I, think, I think I met Jared the same year I met you. All right. Okay. I think. Tropical Think Tank we met, I think. Yeah, which is 2015, wasn't it? Oh, wow. It was, it, was eight, yeah, it, was, it was exactly eight years ago because I saw the reminder on my Facebook the other day. Whoa. <laughs> you had a bit more hair back, back then. I had hair. Yeah, You I didn't, didn't have, have a beard, beard though. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you got to go with what you've got, you know. You lean into your strengths at, a, at the moment. Yeah. So tell um, us a bit about yourself, mate, and, and start off with this amazing business that you shared with us, your anniversary today. <laughs> you know when Facebook haunts you with those memories? You know, like on this day, I yeah. think it was Facebook, one of them. Anyway, it's, it was my first ever startup and it was a WordPress-based thing too. Oh, nice. So, you know, even back then, I can't imagine looking at WordPress in 2010 and like what that was like under the hood. Um, but the concept of this site was Santa to you and you could order with PayPal uh, an SMS from Santa and I sold them in like three packs, three three messages, one message, five messages. And you know how you get short code SMSs from like businesses and it says the brand name of the, it doesn't have a number, it's got yeah. the brand name. Well, this was like Santa sending you a message. And it's it was a great idea, at least initially, but under the hood, it was horrible because I had to do all the manual like piping that message in and sending it. Um, that's which hilarious. just doesn't scale. Like literally, Christmas week, all I did was like log on and send messages to Santa. How were you sending like, it? Through a portal, it was like SMS Global or something. Um, yeah. And like these days, if I had that same business idea, it would just be an API, automated. Like that would be easy. But like mm. now, it, there would there's probably a service that does that for free. Um, I think Google does it actually. But yeah, it was the first startup, first ever WordPress thing. Um, first ever time I ever outsourced something. Yeah. And I guess that connects into, you know, all the stuff that I do now, really. So, so, so let's go then. Tell us what you do or what you've done since and what you do now. <laughs> well, that, ironically, you were working that, full time back then, right? Yeah. 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 So, PE teacher, that person that did the graphics for the site ended up being one of the people that eventually I worked with to build my first app. Um, and that's really what we do. Like we build apps for PE teachers or, or education in general, um, even even today. So content marketing, get as many people as possible on an audience around the topic of PE and technology, build products to solve things that happen in their world. Um, and that's really what we've done for the last, what, 20, 2013, actually earlier than that, 2012, Um Mobile apps, web apps, and then, yeah, more recently, I, I just super interested in like Web3 and the blockchain and leaning and leveraging skills that I have there in that space. Because I think I like to skate to where the puck is going um, and try and build things there. And I might be there early, but at least that's kind of how I enjoy doing stuff, you know? Yeah. Um Sometimes yeah, well- I'm there and no one ever gets there, but like that's that's <laughs> like that's what I like to do. Yeah, and we we um, Dave, I don't know if you know this, but when during COVID, when we had to build 
when Black Ops built the delivery app, um, Jared was helping me with that. It was like behind the scenes, like, and we got to the point where like we had an app in the app store after like a week or so, a week or something. When I don't think there was no brewery in the country that had a delivery app. Well, you you did that seven day startup challenge thing too. Remember, mm. we had to remember you did that. And there was a competition with books and stuff. Yeah, and it was to launch something in seven days. I actually won that. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I saw the videos for that the other day. Yeah. Like I built an app in seven days and it was leveraging like some of the same principles of like, you know, you've already got an audience and yeah, like could you could you build up something to solve? Yeah. And you gave me a heap of books. Yeah. And they're still here somewhere. They would be around the books. Your dog's probably jumping all over them. I can see the reflection in your TV and I can see your dog jumping all over your couch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It would have been before. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. Cool. Um, so I thought today, I mean, the, the general theme, I suppose, is is solopreneurship and, and three founders working on different things. Um, but NFTs is, is kind of the subject that stood out as the thing to talk about today because we've got a few different things going on. One is this this issue I have with my monkey and my donut. So can we start there? Can you guys explain, explain what's going on? Dave, you've got that covered. The donut. The donut. The, this donut. Do we get to the bottom of what happened on the blockchain, Jared? Did we go and look at the? Well, I think he, I think he accepted an offer. I, I think for a donut, but he didn't realize it. He thought he was selling the monkey. He must have got his emails because I listened to him talk about it, and he got an email from OpenSea, and then went on to OpenSea to investigate. By the sounds of it, yeah. And I thought I thought the email was saying someone wants to buy your monkey. So I'm like, sweet. I didn't even think NFTs was still a thing. I'm going to sell this monkey. That's sick. And so I sold it for like two and a half grand. And then two weeks later, I got another email of someone else wanting to buy my monkey. And I was like, what the hell happened? I still got the monkey. And apparently I just sold his donut. Dave, do you know anything about where this donut came from? Right. So let's just, for those who just happen to listen to this, maybe in some future (laughs) universe, um, what Dan's talking about is an NFT project. Uh, You can look it up. It's called On-Chain Monkey. Um, It was... Started by uh, three founders, um, Danny Yang, Bill Tai, and Amanda Terry. Um, they, they, They're like traditional VC kings, traditional aren't they? Traditional VCs. Bill Tai, in particular, um, uh, you know, 20-plus IPOs, um, initial seed money of Canva, initial seed money into Zoom. Um, so when his uh, – um, I was – I think you sent me the tweet, actually, Jared, um, pointing me in this direction. Um, maybe it was Roham from Dapper Labs. I think you. They were a free uh, mint too. Mm. Completely free. Completely free. So Danny, being a, he's a computer science uh, PhD at Stanford, um, he founded and built MyaCoin, which is Taiwan's largest crypto exchange. He's got a bunch of patents uh, that he um, has in the in the blockchain space. Uh, when he worked at Google, he's got tons of stuff um and he uh was experimenting with um trying to basically deploy a entire collection of nfts in in a single transaction um so for him it was he's always been very uh, a, a bit of a bitcoin maxi as well um but doing everything in a very minimal way like how small can you get the files how it's it's that that very much engineering focus on on what the technology can do and, and what does Bitcoin Martin Maxi is. mean for someone who's listening to this who has no idea what we're talking about? Uh so 
well, the maxi term is pretty self-explanatory, but um, you know, a Bitcoin maxi is essentially one of those laser-eyed people you see on the internet that you know think everything else is utterly shit, and that Bitcoin is the only piece of crypto technology worth uh, talking about. So, right. um, but he, so he started. So Danny Yang started his uh, journey in, with with Bitcoin, but was always interested in the blockchain in general. And I think when he saw NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, and particularly on the Ethereum uh, blockchain, um, start to build community. It was really interesting to him and his co-founders. And um, community was always tough to build in Bitcoin. You were either in it or you weren't. Um, and there wasn't the opportunity to really build micro communities outside of people who were interested in the technology. Like you didn't have like, you know, people just having meetups and getting together and uh, you did, but it was, it was difficult, right? It didn't scale well. And high technical combos really normally. Yeah. yeah. So once, you know, you could just buy a monkey JPEG and laugh as a monkey, all of a sudden, like lots of people got that, like, and so these communities started to form around your, your, your PFP projects, which is your profile picks and, and on chain monkey was an experiment in, in, in that and, and in the technology itself and seeing what, how far he could push it. Um, and then as that, um, project grew and, you know, it minted out, it became quite su sort of successful and, you know, they built quite a good network utilizing their existing network of, um, people. And, uh, one of the people who came into the community was a, uh, an artist who was an on-chain monkey collector and he just, um, do one day did a derivative, which is just uh, like a, his personal artistic take on his monkey PFP. And he put it up in the, the chat in discord and everyone went, Holy shit, that looks amazing. Where can I get mine? And so he started to like do a couple of other ones for other people based on their monkey. And um, then the, the team saw it and reached out to him and said, look, would you want to do this as a legitimate collection for us? Um, and it turns out that he, um was uh actually a hollywood animator who had film credits like rio and ferdinand <laughs> and worked for a company called blue sky studios which did ice age and and all the rest of it and so um so this was sort of like unbeknownst to a lot of people but he got his uh team together from blue sky studios and they became the creators of the karma collection this is where the donuts come in. I'm, I'm just going to say, like, right? did he design my donut? How, what's this got to do with my donut? <laughs> so, the what? So, this derivative collection was just is is incredible. You can go and look at um, Karma. It's called On Chain Monkey Karma, and you can go and check out the art. It's 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 probably some of the best art you'll see in the space, and in my opinion, it, it is the best. Um, but how to get this Karma was that everyone who had a Genesis was oh, given these things, a. Yeah, I was given a dessert, which you could feed your Genesis monkey to create your karma monkey. Oh, so I was supposed to feed that donut to my monkey. Correct. You're supposed God to. Damn it. Why didn't anyone tell me that? I think I told you about four or five times in that chat that that's what we were doing. That checks out. Yeah. <laughs> but see, you, you've sold and made that donut liquid into, you know, you, you did that. Um, you could have made, how much is the, the floor? Don't answer that question. <laughs> Uh, I don't actually know. I think the floor of karma's K ones are about 0. 0.3. Um, so he's, he's net up probably from selling the donut. Well, no, because the donut floor is a lot higher. Yeah, right. 
So, so is someone going to use that donut and feed it to another monkey? Yep. Right. But that was a free... Donuts, de- donuts are deflationary. So theoretically, they could just keep going up and up. Right. But see, this is the thing. Like, you you bought a monkey, which I don't know how much you paid for that, but you've still got that as an asset. I think it was 0.1. You... I just I saw it go. this morning. Nuts. And then mm. now they're worth... That's, the flaws on them is now 2E. 2.2, I think, yeah. 2.2. So 22X. And then you got a dessert for free. That just got airdropped into your wallet. That was two and now that's two and a half grand. Because I think the floor on the donuts are similar. 1.8, yeah. 1.9. I didn't even know I had it. I didn't even know I sold it. There you go. So I don't know. So that's how we got the, the, to the dessert side of things. Because so the, um, the question that people probably have if they're, you know, sitting there, <laughs> where does the value come from? Like, how can you even sell a donut for 2K? Like, why? Why is there even a value attached to any of this stuff? Uh, well, I mean, it's. I think you kind of answered at the start, but what's right? that? Yeah, it's, it's it's. So I mean, we we all know that the crypto space is pretty much just a speculatory, you know, bubble. It is what it is. Um, there's a lot. It's driven by speculation, but it's also driven by a belief that over time, you know, the the mechanism of crypto will change business fundamentals at a, at a very base level right so the the value that will come from the the value that sits currently in web 2 will shift over into a web 3 in a sense so whatever the market cap looks like of businesses that operate in that space will shift over into the web 3 market cap and so what people are doing at the moment you know it's these companies that are building infrastructure in web 3 like metagood like onchain monkey that are doing things and holding some of those tokens whether you're a collector or you're a flipper or it's the belief that you know somewhere down the line these things are going to be incredibly valuable and at yeah. such a low supply i mean ten thousand in anything is a low supply it's not a lot right so and these and they keep going down and as mm. um you know Jared just mentioned it's a deflationary um asset so you know they get burned uh and then there's less of them and therefore they get more valuable yeah, what does meta good look like when the people who hold the token are the ones who own it, you know, or own a piece of that? That's quite mm. cool. It's quite radical new way of thinking of how businesses get funding and 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 leverage the community kind of tied to it. I think that's that's why I like it. Yeah, and I think the other aspect of it that I've sort of shared with other with a couple of other people recently is there's these like the s curves of adoption right like things start slow then they ramp up and then they taper off and you get these kind of overlapping s curves depending on where you sit in the technology and how quick it gets adopted now i think web3 is such a unique like beast in the sense that it's actually been around a long time with like in terms of crypto like it was 2008 that white paper right the bitcoin white paper is 2008 and it's been a long sort of development cycle and you've got these like kind of micro overlapping S curves with like NFTs and then ERC20 tokens and like all of the shit that people build in, in Web3. But the unique opportunity about it is that over here, you've got like in Web2 in the general VC space, you've got V like VCs like Bill Tai, who, you know, f- to get him to like fund your business or to get in front of him or to get an audience with him, um, you know, in the, in the past would have been not, not impossible, but you know, that's a, a big one to get a meeting in front of. 
And all of a sudden, like by just the virtue of Web3 and how those networks sort of come together in a really small way, like the other day I was sitting on a Twitter spaces and it was, he was there and I was just, we were just chatting mm-hmm. and it's that kind of access to network and that kind of access to people right at this current time is like a really unique space where these S curves are overlapping and we're sitting where you can have like direct access to the people who are going to build the future of what this sort of like. Well, you, know, you can see that with, you know, with other projects too. Like if you look yeah. at where a lot of the talent from web two has moved to in the last six, 12 months, they're, they're, they're running in, in web three startups. They're building their own startups. They're building in that space. And I think that's pretty cool. Like nouns, for example, um, there's a lot of talent there that's that X stripe or X this and that, which I think is um like you said, you get close to these people. Yeah, and the value is not accrued by like this is the difference, right? It's not just accrued by a company in one thing. It's distributed and then used, and the value is accrued by the community. Yeah. And like, that's a real, to wrap your head around that, like is kind of difficult because so much of it's done the other way, right? You get like two or three people with a whole bunch of money to put into a business and then they own the business and then they try and extract value out of it by producing a product or service. This flips the whole thing on its head. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about that, Dave? Um, So I was on Twitter just before and I saw like, because I I go on there and I I don't really know how the algorithm works, but I can see there's like a space is running and it tells Mm -hmm. me that you're in it. And um, no, I think it told me that you were speaking in it. Yep. So this was just before this podcast. And then I clicked on there and had to listen to it. And almost all the people in there have like on-chain monkey as their profile picture. Yep. As do you. So does that mean that like with these P for P kind of NFT programs, people just kind of pick one and then... You know, like if, if, if you got a crypto punk, you put that as your because you only got one profile picture, right? Yep. So are people kind of just picking one of these communities to be part of and then they're just kind of sticking with that? It just depends. Like everyone's different. Some people change their PFP every day, um, <laughs> just depending on what they want to LARP as that, you know, they wake up and they feel like being a, you know, whatever that day, they'll change their PFP. Other people like my, I've never, I've barely changed my PFP ever. Um, I just that's my kind of online identity people know who I am when I go into a space and it's familiar to people so um but for most of the people on that call will be the same it's like that's kind of the you know that's kind of the community that on-chain monkey is kind of the group that they align themselves with on that call yeah like that was a that's a a space that happens um every week it's called on-chain monkey after dark it's just run by a couple of community members and um yeah, we just sort of go through the what the happenings of the week and, you know, right now it's crazy. They've got like, because of what Entertain Monkey now doing on Bitcoin, you know, they're creating these NFTs on Bitcoin. Um, there's a lot of sort of excitement because Danny uh, is essentially leading some of that development um, with the Ordinals protocol. And um, so there's a lot of stuff that OCM is involved with at a very high level over there. So there's lots to chat about, but yeah, back to your point. Um, the the PFP thing, it's like there's a core group of people in the community that'll be forever monkeys, and that's they've just chosen to be there. And then there'll be other people who are like wherever. Like it's kind of 
I don't know. I don't I know just, how to I think the, the, the cool part is like there's people on a Twitter spaces today and they're the ones that own probably own these assets and indirectly well and directly are building the value for those assets through those things like Twitter spaces. Like the value of that market cap of on chain monkey is attributed to these sorts of things that take place where the community takes action and builds things. And I, I just think that's a, a, such a different way of value. In, in that creation. example, the value is the value of the NFT itself, right? Which you only get if you exit the community. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you get it through derivative airdrops and things potentially yeah. as well. But um, if it's if the, 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 the general trend is that this is a community that looks like it does lots of things, has real-world meetups, other value-creating things, more people want to join them. And there's only there's only so many that can go around. So these it's kind of like a flywheel thing. Um, mm. And it, it, they can break, but these ones that are working really well, like on Chain Monkey, have a pretty nice flywheel of like people wanting to join it because of the things that are happening in that kind of ecosystem. Yeah. I just think it's really cool. So how much did I sell my monkey for? We've got it there for two and a half ETH. So let's just <laughs> see if it goes. Um, how do I know how much it's worth? Because I because I got enough for one point eight, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sell that. That's shitloads of money. But you're like, no, I don't. Yeah, don't floor it. That's basically just a bot, <laughs> just because they know that they can flip it for like one point eight one, like right. the next minute. All right. Okay. So, like, so I should sell it for more than the floor price. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. The floor it's got price. A red, since the other day, it's gone rate. up by point four though. You're like, I just had a look. And I reckon unless, he had a trade of like three ETH or something. Um, yeah, like you're like rare, you've got a rare shirt. It's like a really high shirt. Um, I've also got an earring. Is that good? That's pretty good. <laughs> well, I haven't. I mean, like just the what you're talking about. You've had a twenty something X on JPEG. Yeah, like. it's insane. It is pretty insane. I mean, there's plenty of you could go and look at some of the other ones you might have bought that have eroded to literally zero. Oh yeah, I've got some in there that are zero. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's the that's the game. But there's some. Oh, really we also good contributed stuff in a way to it because we did the first AI Australian NFT beer can using that monkey. Yeah, um, yeah, that was and the that's kind of the that's the cool part about it. Like people do these little things, and the the net is that it builds the value for you know, that, that community, that collection. I just, I just think that whole model is awesome. Um, all right, Dave, tell me how much I should, should sell my monkey for. And then Jared, I want to ask you about this nouns thing. Cause that's super interesting. Uh, right. You should be there. Yeah, 2.5 2. is, is where your floors at. That's right. good. Like you're, you're on, you're, you're about right. I think with your pricing. All right, someone buy it. Um, what about this Bull Gang's Mint Pass thing? Seven hundred. Oh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't touch it. Don't don't even touch. Like, don't even click it. Well, <laughs> it's in my wallet. How did it get into my wallet? They just I... airdrop rubbish here. Like, it's 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 literally a minefield out there. If you if you've managed to survive this long, <laughs> impressive. Like, literally impressive. It's either because you just haven't paid attention, um, or yeah, I mean, you know, it's. Every day, people are out trying to get you. For sure. So I've got these things in my wallet that I didn't put in there that someone has offered me money for. 
and I can't delete them out of my wallet. No. I mean, you could send them out, but, but then you've got to engage with it, so you may as well just hide them as, as kind of spam. Um, yeah. Okay. But people sell like... this stuff every day. I almost fell for it. I, I just made two and a half grand selling a donut I didn't know I had. I'm like, I, I'll sell the mint pass. I don't know. <laughs> Steve Aoki just got hacked on Twitter today. So yeah. like that's that's the common way that this kind of happens. They they access a Twitter account of someone, start tweeting links. It looks like Steve Aoki's doing a mint. People go there and oh, no. engage, drain their wallet. So it's, you know, we're so early on user experience that this stuff happens and that's kind of a blessing and a curse yeah it's fine if you know about it yeah i mean even you saying you sold a monkey you had to jump through 10 hoops to you know realize it swap assets it's that early that that thing is still kind of quite tricky from a user experience perspective yeah and there was a bit of a delay too because like when i did it i was like i think i might have just sent two and a half grand into the air never to be seen again (laughs) that's very well, you can burn it. You could have burned your monkey. You like all these things can happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get on to nouns because um I know a little bit about it, but I don't really understand what you did with it. And um hopefully our audience will get some benefit out of learning about it as well. Well, I think a lot of people that might be listening have um have skill sets that maybe you know, web two based, they run a business, and that's kind of the angle that I attack this whole nouns thing from. Can I share my screen? Yeah. Yeah, right. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the easiest way to explain it is like, this is the nouns protocol. It's all permissionless. It's based on a blockchain. It's, you know, NFT thing as well. But every single day they they auction off a new noun. Um, you can see we're at noun, what, 723? It finishes in 19 hours and the current bid is 1.1 ETH. Um so what that's 723, is that going to end at 10,000 or something? Or It goes forever, literally forever. forever. One, yeah. day, one a day forever. Right. As it says there, one noun every day forever. But the um, but the early, the early, lower numbers are the rarer? Well, or... lower numbers went for higher premiums because there was less of them at the time. Like yesterday's noun went for 26 ETH. So oh that's kind God. of about, that's about how much they go for at the moment. Whoa, that's like, um, like $50,000. Yeah, it's even more, I think. Jesus Christ. It's about 80,000. Anyway, when you buy a noun, you get one vote. So that's what a noun represents. It represents one vote in the DAO. So the DAO is like the decentralized organization that no one owns, but everyone's part of. Um, And you can see there's $28,000 ETH in the treasury. So every single winning like auction sends money to the treasury. So they're, I think the annualized incomes, um, I don't know, it's, it's pretty high because it's making about $80,000 a day. Does that make sense? Like That's insane. it's actually that, really- And all that money just goes into the DAO? All that money goes to the DAO and then it's for the DAO to use on things. So who runs, who runs the DAO? The people who, who hold the NFTs. But who like, who like, does the accounting and answers the phones and shit like that. Well, there's no phones. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all immutable and just runs, you know, on Ethereum. So there's there's no like board of directors. There's people who have um, you know, more influence because they hold more of the nouns, but they've paid for that influence. You know, mm. they've there's a couple of people that 
have 20, 30 nouns, um, for example. But yeah, the, the premise is it's an NFT project, very similar to OnChain Monkey, but the, the point is collectively the 700 plus nouns get to control what happens with that treasury um, and they get to propose things that they want to you know, do in the real world to spend that money. That general thesis makes sense. Yeah. So what's an example of like what, like something that they would do? Cause well, you sent there's... me, you sent me a video that was pretty good, which I could probably put in the show notes. Yeah. It was like a hundred. I, I literally don't know why that's doing that, but there's, um, if I go to the Dow page, these are the current proposals happening at the moment. And I think this one speaks to the audience of people that might be listening this, listening to this, but this, this one here, retain nounish for six months that just got executed and paid out you can see the people you know how they voted and against and this is a literally a what would you call them dave a social media agency or um, content content, content. creation yeah, agency, their yeah. content creation agency in melbourne that have realized that if they kind of engage and build their services around nouns dow they can request funding, you know, to do what they are. They're a 10 person team and they just literally got given um, 969,000 USD for six months content. Jesus. Um, so that's like, that's, this is why I'm interested in it because the skill sets that like many people who might be listening can be monetized through some of these kind of Web3 DAOs um, at the so moment. With, with this for and against thing here, how, how does this process work? Like, do you, like who gets to vote? Because that's not that many people. Well, every noun gets to vote. Everyone who has a noun can vote. Now, obviously, there's 700 and something. So voter turnout was, what, about half? I see. Something. But you, so you can choose to vote against, and that, that takes a point away from the kind of... Well, yeah, you've got to, you've got to get more votes than... Um, so, yeah, that passed. Pretty contentious, though, because they spent a million dollars. Yeah. Treasury has, you know, the Treasury has, what is it, 55 million or something? And did they, like, what did they put up to convince people that this was a good deal? Like, did they do some content already or? Yeah, this is their prop. They've done one seat, like some of the videos that I've shared in the past in our chat, um, and we can put in the show notes or whatever, like they are the content. Like they've made really good content, but yeah. um, that's a lot of money. That's oh, six yeah. months of, you know, of work. Um from a team so for me it's kind of like what can i build and do in and around this kind of space that that you know allows me to monetize stuff that's already happening i mean this before, is... you, before we go on that can i ask one more question yeah yeah so the, so the for the for and against thing here like yeah. you've got all these proposals here like do you have to beat all the other proposals or do you just have to get more votes than up votes than down votes it's just on a per proposal both yeah just up versus down so you, you put the proposal, proposal in, it, it sits up there for a certain amount of time. And if you get more yeses than noes, you you get the money. Automatically leaves the treasury. There's no like, not, there's no like person doing it. It leaves the treasury and goes into your Ethereum wallet. That's and insane. Then, yeah. I mean, for the most part, this stuff actually gets done. So when people propose something, they it, it actually happens. And then there's, you know, people do media about it and whatever. There's been examples of people receiving funding and then, dipping though i bet, like, <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah 
And that's, yeah, that's nouns in essence. But in order to put a proposal up and access that 51 million USD, you've got to have a noun. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, you can't just come here and do that. Um, but there is like a whole thing that Dave has been involved in too, which is prop house. And this is where you can, anyone can put proposals up and seek funding for things. Smaller scale though. Um like, so this is still part of nouns? Still part of nouns, still funded by nouns. Like literally a few weeks ago, Hack Week, the, th- the premise was art, design, and media. So it was to propose things in that space, and they were going to give away 10 two-eth prizes. Oh, that's me. I actually won one of these, making it like a podcast dedicated to nouns, um, and got two-eth for it. So it's, you know. So then do you, have to do, the so you then have to do this podcast? Yeah, I already had done it. I'd already set it up and built it and used that as the the, the proposal. But yeah, too easy for that. It's kind of, you know, I've never, um, it's pretty pretty paid well. <laughs> paid That's pretty well. Crazy. And Dave's won a few prop house rounds, haven't you? Yep, yep, through OCM. Yeah, so I'm building, um, I'm actually making a, couple of, making a couple of videos myself at the moment for OCM. Um I won a little bit of funding actually to kick off flex tag, which is pretty cool. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's just, a, it's a, it's an amazing vehicle for creatives. And 100%. It, I think like I used to do things like 99 designs. I don't know if you, anyone, mm. if you guys are aware of what that is. Yeah. Right? I used yeah. to run contests in there. Yeah. Like, and I didn't mind it. Like when it was early days, um, it was quite good. I, you know, got spammed. Few, yeah. And now it's just a, but now you can't, it's almost useless. Like, no, I wouldn't say it's useless, but for content creators, uh, for it's not great, right? You spend so much time doing the work up front in the hope that like you win a contest, mm. right? So. Yeah, that whole model is just cooked. That's how they do uh, architecture as well. It's a scam. It's just, it's nuts, right? So this kind of flips it in a way. Um if you're a developer, 3F by 10 to develop something around the nouns ecosystem, that's, you know, that's a not a bad little bit of income to simply propose something that, you know, you can use your skills on. Mm. Anyway, that's nouns. That's the playground. And for me, it's just, you know, building things that align with what I would already build anyway. So if it's an experience of something that works in the businesses that I run now, but also can be aligned with kind of Nouns DAO and the goals of what it wants to achieve, then it's like a prime space to be able to be funded. And like, if I took these ideas to any traditional route, you wouldn't get an audience, like there's no audience. Mm. But like this year through Nouns DAO, I've been able to get like about a hundred K from just creative endeavors creating things and doing stuff and putting it on chain and having people vote on it. And I, I think that's, um, that's pretty insane. That is insane. I need to think of something. And also I need to have some skills, which I don't have. But that's okay. <laughs> well, honestly, look at this, this, this in, so many people were in the, in our, in this audience that might be listening. Look at this was a competition that Dave and I both entered, not competition. It was um, 5,000 USD by three. And all you had to do was growth hack their content so like what could you propose to take the content of that team that got the million million dollars 
right. and have more people see it. Yeah. Anyway, the people, the three people that came up and won, um, I guess we'll see how successful they are. But it, this would anyone could have. So this guy's just like creating an Instagram and then <clears throat> he's putting yeah, the translating it into out. translating it into um, Portuguese. You know, based on the thesis, there's more people speaking those languages. Um, anyway, so yeah. anyone could go there and put have put an idea down for that, and you know maybe got the funding. And these things happen every day across all these different on-chain places. That's mental. All right. Um, well, this has been fun. We did it. We started a podcast. Let's go. <laughs> well, well, we talk about like founder stuff eventually, don't we? Like, yeah. Dive into the the ups and downs of being a solo founder. Yeah. Well, I think we talk about what we're doing during the week, things that we're working on. Hopefully, we get a bit of an audience and see what our audience want to listen to. Um, we've got a website up at yarnsolo.com, which is a pretty cool domain. Thanks for the idea, Dave. That's a winner. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just glad that we get to do something Star Wars themed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, yarnsolo.com. That's it. Cheers. Let's go. Good work. Next week. I'll, I'll, I'll message you guys with the um, output of this read AI thing and see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah I'm cool. seriously keen to see what it does because... Like it's, um, I thought their pricing was wrong too. I don't know if you've seen it. Like, enter you're on the enterprise plan when you trial it. Okay. It's like a hundred hundred and eighty dollars a year, and like enterprise stuff's normally. I was expecting that to be like monthly, kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, let's see what it can do. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right. Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend. Awesome. Peace.